You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And bellying up to the 9-foot homemade oak bar, pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. We sit here each and every week, several times a week, and talk White Sox for 30 minutes. It is for fans. It is by fans. It is Sox in the basement. It is something you will never have to pay a subscription for. Ever, Ed. You will never have to pay me in advance for all of the content that we put out. Even if that content is is, is exclusive content, you want to everything. Listen, the word exclusive is maybe one of the funniest things I've ever seen. We're gonna have exclusive content. Ed's on my show. He's exclusive. See, it's true, and it's free. The, the content is free, which is probably more than it's worth. Right. This is why Family Waterproofing Solutions uh, spends money with us, so that you'll use Family Waterproofing Solutions when you need to take care of your foundation, water coming in, things like that. That's how we make the show free to you. We have reached the period in time where the ground has thawed. It's 70, then it snows two days later, then it rains for three days. You don't know what you're going to get, but all that water wants to get inside of your basement and Family Waterproofing Solutions wants to protect you from water getting inside, wants to protect your foundation, wants to fix any issues that you may have from anything from gutter cleaning in some pumps to big systems to drain water away from your yard, uh, encapsulating your crawl space. If you got bowing walls, you got seepage, give them a call 24-7-708. 330-4466, family-owned, veteran-owned, and operated since 2013. See what a difference a family makes at FamilyDry.com. So there's no way we can have a show without talking about the latest in this absurd lockout that hurts business owners and vendors and people that make their living supporting Major League Baseball who will never see the kind of money that these people are arguing about and yet will be affected more than, than anybody. And and that was something we brought up a month ago and it's, it still holds true. Now that's really who's getting hurt the most here by major league baseball, not having a CBA and not knowing when baseball will actually get played this year. And you get all this rhetoric and people like throwing things out like, well, you know, each side's kind of dug in thinks the other side hasn't, uh, hasn't given very much and they've given all they can and, and it, it it gives your it gives your brain a bleed. Like it's it's frustrating, it's awful. After the last couple of years to not have baseball as a release, shame on shame on everybody involved. But now I see this report Ed John Heyman put out. Remember he's with uh, MLB propaganda on the MLB network. Uh John Heyman put out a thing that it was agreed upon between both sides that you would see things like the banning of the shift. And before we talk about what the effect would be of the shift being banned, let me just say this. Until the agreement is done, nothing is agreed to. Right. Until they actually sign the contract, nothing is agreed to. What most likely happened was the player sat there and said, we'll accept all these different rule changes you want to do. Can you give us a little bit more on that competitive balance tax? Like everything's the CBT. Everything is the ipso facto uh, default Salary cap and the fact that the owners want to start it at two hundred and twenty million dollars, ending at two thirty over five years, and the players want to start it like two thirty six or two thirty eight, wherever they're at right now. And that's that's the whole thing, and the fact that you have owners that are already holding out. That that last offer that went to the players for ownership groups 
even want it. And once you have, and once you have eight of them that say no, it's over. You can't, you can't get anything done. It's, it's a messed up system. It's not majority rules on the owner's side. Eight owners can hold all of baseball hostage. So uh, there's a lot to unpack there. I don't know what you want to jump into. The four idiots that decided already that it was too much and are already voting no, even though we don't have an agreement. Or do we want to talk about the fact that the shift is banned? Like, that doesn't matter to me right now. What matters to me is a lack of baseball. I, you know, I don't think the rule changes are going to make that big of a difference because, first of all, any rule changes for on the field don't matter until there's actual baseball on the field. And you're going to be able to see those rule changes are going to happen at some point anyway. They've been tinkering with a bunch of stuff in the minors. And, and so, you know, we know things like a pitch clock, for example. We've seen how that works if you have gone to a minor league game, which you, maybe you haven't, but you probably will be soon because that maybe all that's left. But there's, you know, the, the CBT and this idea of certain owners thinking it's too generous and wanting their welfare payday, you know, from from the other teams, and they don't want to they don't want to change what they've got going because they would have to spend more potentially, or they would lose their supplements that they get for for you know these teams that do go over the balance. All of this boils down, I think in an interesting way to the idea that there are some owners that don't really care or don't seem to care about competing on the field. And they, they, they'll field a team. They'll say that they own a baseball team and it's cool, but these are the franchises that are, are moribund is a good word for them. Right? They, they don't do anything. You know, they, they don't, they don't go anywhere in the standings. They don't seem to put a winning field team on the field. They don't seem to ever fully complete a rebuild. And these are the guys that are holding out seemingly. So when the players are talking about the expanded playoffs and and the 14 teams and wanting to make sure that the division winners, all the division winners are properly rewarded for getting through that slog of 162 games, I think it's a thinly veiled dig at certain owners that they view and certain franchises that they view as being willing to sit there and say, we are never going to fully compete. We don't care. We're not going to put a, a, a team on the field that's ever going to try really hard. And if we have an opportunity at this 14-team playoff, we don't care if we back in. We don't care if we win a division. We're basically going to do the bare minimum it takes to put a team on the field. And that's, I think, where the players are are in particular upset. So I don't know if you want to say that this is a this is a question of competition and the players being athletes and wanting to compete. Really, they want to get paid and they want more of them to get paid. But I do think that there is sort of an undercurrent there where some of these owners, you do question, do you really want to own a baseball team or you just want to say you own a baseball team? Well, and when you look at the four guys that were already against the last deal, that already voted no, but there were enough owners to overrule them, the Diamondbacks make sense. It's a cheap team that doesn't want to spend money. I get it. All right. That makes sense. The Reds. All right. In that market in Cincinnati, I, I get I get what they're doing. Uh, that makes sense to me. The Tigers spend a ridiculous amount of money when they're going for it, and they were against the the CBT even being at $220 million. And Artie Moreno out there in Los Angeles or Anaheim or whatever, wherever he's he's located at, it's a very long name, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, he, he Orange also, County of California. Yeah. yeah, he also voted against the entire thing. So that's, you know, I assumed right away, well, it's the Pirates. It's it's the Rays. It wasn't even them yet. And that's that's what makes this whole thing scary. Just the the weirdness of it all. And and I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to understand that Jerry Reinstar probably wants to play. 
Jerry Reinsdorf probably was like, I'll do, I'll do 238. Let's just agree with these players. I'm starting to feel like he's there, you know? I'm, so I don't have like animosity towards him on this at this point, based upon the reports that are coming out that could change. But it seems to me like he'd probably be one of the guys that actually wants to spend money. Do not forget that we're going to be out at Cork and Kerry 106th and Western for the parade this coming Sunday. The Southside Irish Parade returns. Uh, Cork and Kerry, one of the fine sponsors of this show. We are going to be out there giving away a ton of stuff. We are in the epicenter of the parade route. We are at the place to be, the premier spot. I already was telling Jordan Lazowski this past weekend, like, this is what happens. Sox on 35th. Combines with socks in the basement, and now, now you're in, baby. Now, now you're now you're coming to the parade. I was telling, I was, I was puffing my chest. I'm like, because you're with us, you're like on our list now, Jordan. I got socks on 35th coming in with socks in the basement over at Cork and Carry on 106th and Western. Parade kicks off at noon. We will be out there. Come by and see us. Raise a pint of Guinness or whatever you're drinking, and uh, let's celebrate uh, Southside Spring, which is which is it could be 70, it could be 30, it could be snowing, it could be rainy, it could be sunny. And whatever the uh, weather forecast is today for that day, it could change three times before that. So uh, I'm glad we have a location with an indoor and an outdoor option, and we're going to have a blast out there, Ed. Oh, yeah. And the weather could actually change during the parade all those times, too. So, you know, right. it could be 70 and sunny to start, and then raining and, <laughs> and you know, a small tornado coming yeah. through at the end of it. So wear, wear layers. That's that's what I would say. Wear Wear some layers, all right? Now, right. Last, week, last week on the program, one of the things that I brought up was independent baseball. And I'm talking about those leagues that have nothing to do with Major League Baseball. They're not affiliated in any way through the minor league system. They're completely on their own. And the closest league to us is in Utica, Michigan. And strangely enough, after we talked about it, they named Dana Schmidt as the first ever female president of a baseball league. She is on the program next in 60 seconds right here on Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Joining me on the phone line right now, this is kind of a treat. I I talked last week uh, about independent baseball. And let's be honest, uh, right now, it's easy to be angry at owners. It's easy to be angry at players. It's easy to be angry at everybody. But there's there's one group you cannot be mad at, and that is the United Shore Professional Baseball League because they're not affiliated with Major League Baseball in any way whatsoever. And I wanted to learn a little bit more about it, and I reached out, and I actually have the first, just named, just named in the last week here, first female president of a baseball league. Dana Schmidt is on the line from the United Shore Professional Baseball League. How are you, Dana? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. So what is the allure 
of independent, non-affiliated baseball? Is it the ability to just operate completely on your own, not have to worry about stodgy owners that all of a sudden could at a whim influence what's going on with your league? Well, you know, that actually wasn't why we started the league. It was really about, um, at the time, the interest to have something closer to where we lived um, in the metro Detroit area, which is where we're based. Uh, we had owned an affiliated team in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Our, our organization, our parent company did not, not our league, but uh, we have a parent company, General Sports and Entertainment. And so we had owned the team in Fort Wayne, but, you know, we didn't live there. And uh, we kind of saw the magic of minor league baseball from a family entertainment experience standpoint and just more of the purity of the game and decided we wanted to do something closer to home. And at the time, there were sort of rules against that. We couldn't just bring our team from Fort Wayne here to the Metro Detroit area because we would have been sort of in the radius of the Detroit Tigers, and they wouldn't have wanted us to do that. So we ended up needing to form our own league. Uh, But at the time, we thought, you know, we saw this gap between because the rounds of the draft had been contracting over time, and since we started the league, have have um, shrunken even more, that there were going to be some players, a lot of players that were diamonds in the rough who were not being drafted anymore. So we started this league. We have four teams in our league. We've been successful in actually having 45 players out of our league so far that have been signed to contracts by major league organizations and then moved into the affiliated minor league system. So it didn't start as something that was um, just trying to be away from MLB. But of course, there have been a bunch of things that have happened since we started the league, including the contraction of the number of affiliated teams that happened. And yeah, if we had still owned the team in Fort Wayne, we would have been probably pretty nervous. We're happy to be in the position that we're in where we actually played during the summer of 2020. We could get our players. We weren't waiting for players to come from MLB. And the same thing this year, that um, there's there's nothing holding us back from playing. And uh, it's still a great, um, we think, a fantastic avenue for players who just barely didn't get drafted to continue to develop. We actually have one player who does play for the Minnesota Twins, uh, made it from playing on one of our teams in 2017 to the Twins Major League roster in uh, 2019, Randy Dobnik. So um, it's been more successful than I think we could have imagined in terms of the player development standpoint. And then, of course, it's all the the fun at the ballpark um, that is involved with uh, minor league baseball the ballpark, when you say fun at the ballpark, is it all in one spot? I've been trying to figure that out looking at because they all look like all the teams have different names, okay? I mean, you have the Birmingham Bloomfield Beavers, the Eastside Diamond Hoppers. You've got the Unicorns, the Mammoth. Are they all in one spot? Are you basically running the league with one field? Because when I when I tried to learn a little bit about the league, I couldn't figure that out. Is it four different diamonds or are all these teams sharing the one diamond and they're all basically in one big pot? Yep. So um, we actually, uh, it's all at Jimmy John's Field, which is our ballpark in Utica, Michigan. And so the concept of our league from the very start, Chris, was always every ballpark that we build in our league, we always want to have at least at least two teams playing out of the ballpark. So the concept is, if we're going to build a ballpark, we never want to have a weekend in the summer where we don't have home games. Because when we owned an affiliated team, 
you know, you're fighting it out with everybody else in your league. And at that time, you know, we were playing Lugnuts and South Bend and West Michigan and, and everybody wants the weekends in the summer. So the concept was um, we'll always have at least two teams and we'll always have games every basically Thursday through Sunday in the summer. We're going to play baseball at our ballparks. You know, I, I looked at that Netflix special that came out a few years ago, the Battered Bastards of Baseball, which is uh, about the Portland Mavericks in the 70s. And in that in that film, it became very obvious that Major League Baseball didn't like independent, non-affiliated uh, uh, teams. And and you, you were actually in the affiliated arena and then have something that's independent. Do, is, do you ever get pushback? Do you ever, is there a difference between one and the other? Can you kind of take me through what the difference is when you're, when you're separated from Major League Baseball completely? Did you get anybody that kind of looked at you guys like, well, we don't like this, though, you know, when you decided to leave your affiliated team and start your own league? So there was a gap in time between the time that we sold our team in Fort Wayne to do this and the time we actually got it done. Quite a big gap (laughs) because it wasn't so easy to just get the stadium built, right? So uh, there was definitely some pushback um, initially because, you know, affiliated minor league baseball knew that this was what we wanted to do. I think over time, opinions on that have changed. I don't feel that. I mean, we're... Obviously, we're independent. We are professional, but we're not affiliated with any one major league team. But we are still a tool that major league organizations can use because we're helping to invest in the development of these players. And when they have to fill a roster spot sometimes, you know, they're looking for players. So we have scouts at most of our games looking at our players. And um, as I said, we've had quite a few that have been signed. So I think it's kind of changed over time. Like I said, we're a resource and a tool. And as the minor league, affiliated minor league draft has kind of shrunk down by rounds, I think that that probably helped with the opinion and the attitude of MLB towards independent leagues. Have you noticed, I, w- I would imagine you have, some uh, an increase in interest in your league, not only the fact that you were able to play when probably Major League Baseball couldn't play and there was no minor league baseball. So that was a whole season there during the pandemic when you you were the only game in town for a, a big area. And now you have this this lockout going on. Who knows how long it lasts? And there's the possibility that once again, you're going to have far more fans that are going to go walk into your stadiums and sit down and watch your product. Are, are you noticing a bigger influx over the last couple of years because of those things? Well, that's interesting because like, First of all, I would say we always feel that when Major League Baseball is playing and doing well, as well as the Detroit Tigers when they're playing, that it's actually better for us because people are more engaged in baseball. And when people are more engaged in baseball, they're still going to go down to watch. They're going to go watch the Major League team play, but it's a different price point of what we're offering. So they might go to X number of Major League games and then you know, if they want to go see some more games, they'll come watch us. The best years we've had were um, the years where uh, the major league team in our market was doing well because people were more more tuned into baseball. Um, I think, well, first of all, I would say I would hope that uh, major league baseball, the owners and the players re- can resolve this soon. We're certainly not rooting for any type of extended lockout. That's not good for baseball in general. So we're not rooting for that. We hope that they resolve it, and I would expect that they would fairly soon. 
Um, I'm expecting by the time that we have our opening day, which is on May 20th, that they'll already be playing. Well, Dana, before I let you go, I got to ask you the obvious question that White Sox fans would have for the president of the USPBL. Do you have a undiscovered superstar second baseman or right fielder that can slide right onto the major league <laughs> roster? Do you have somebody to, are you hiding somebody down there that scouts just haven't noticed yet that if Rick Hahn gets a look at him right now, our problem is solved because we're still wondering what's going to happen with it. And we haven't been able to see any movement since they locked everybody out on December the 1st. You got, you got a second baseman out there? Well, we'll see. Our players aren't here yet. So when they get here um, at the, they won't be here until the beginning of May. So I'll, I'll keep you posted, Chris. And, and, uh, but you may still need one by May. Okay. I, I, you might, you I'm might, calling, so. I'm calling dibs. Okay. I'm calling dibs on your best uh, second base or right fielder. If, if they are still out, then um, you guys can go to our uh, Facebook page and um, catch our game streaming or, or, or our YouTube channel and, and uh, catch our games because we broadcast all of them. We stream all of them. And, uh, you know, you don't want to be missing out on baseball all summer. So we're here for you. I appreciate it. Uh, Dana Schmidt, she is the uh, president of the U.S. PBL out of Michigan in the Detroit area, one of the few, few unaffiliated baseball leagues in the entire country. And I I, want to thank you for jumping on and talking with us. Your league sounds extremely interesting. And I think perfect for uh, baseball fans that are so angry with Major League Baseball, they're looking for unaffiliated and unaffiliated only. You're, you're You're like the craft beer of uh, of baseball right now and, and somebody I'm sure people want to discover you and check you out and you can check out everything that they have to offer you can you can you can check out their website and everything like that uspbl.com Dana I really appreciate you jumping on the show hey thank you so much let's get this resolved let's play some ball Sox in the Basement fans, if you're in Blue Island, you're looking for a place with some uh, good beer, a great bar, uh, good food, and just a fun spot to hang out. Double Play Saloon in Blue Island is the place to go. Daily $5 basket lunch specials, $13 Miller and Bud Family Buckets. They got the temperature soup. You never know what the temperature is going to be, but your soup's going to be cheap either way because whatever the temperature is, that's the price you pay for the temperature soup. Newly remodeled private gaming area. I was just in there this past weekend. It's a great bar. It's a darts bar. It's a bags bar. It's a neighborhood bar. It's one of those places got plenty of parking around it when you get into the island. It's just a fun place to hang out. TVs everywhere. Whatever the sporting event. If if baseball isn't back yet and you want to watch the NCAA tournament, this is a spot, man. They got TVs everywhere in that place, and you're not paying an arm and a leg to, to hang out inside there. Everything's great at the Double Play Saloon, and hopefully I'll see you there. So here's the thing. It was nice to talk with somebody who runs a baseball team and isn't beholden to Major League Baseball. It is interesting to find out that they would also like Major League Baseball to come back because even though they're going to be the only game in town during this lockout, with the exception of, you know, affiliated minor league teams, but you would think you would get more people at the gate. Major League Baseball playing adds to the interest in baseball and actually helps a league like that. So we found yet one other entity out there that is going to be hurt because of the way that things are being handled right now between the owners and the players. Okay, they're 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 successful. They they've got a great product up there, and of course, you know, having less baseball, you would think that would mean that they would make more money. But when I ask that question, it's no, no, no. We want Major League Baseball back. It makes people like baseball more. 
and we actually do better when Major League Baseball is playing. I thought that was amazing. Well, and it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It, it makes a lot of sense that you're talking about having the marquee product out there for the sport and that making sure that the consciousness is raised because if if I've been watching baseball on TV, I've been watching Major League Baseball, and I've got a hankering to go out to a game and the team's on a road trip or you know, there's sellouts or I just, I'm on a, I'm on a tighter budget and I still want to go out to the old ball game. You know, that's, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for those independent leagues. You're looking for those minor league teams. You're looking for these other opportunities. Next week, we are going to unveil the finalist for the $1,000 guest bounty. And we're going to open up the voting and we're going to get that done. And somebody's going to win a grand for bringing in a great guest this off season. And uh, we appreciate everybody that participated. And this Friday, the episode that comes out, Jordan Lazowski is going to be on the show from Sox on 35th as we get ready for the parade festivities this coming weekend. But he's going to come on and we're going to start discussing. We're already kind of talking about it off the air. Uh, things that we're going to do during the lockout because we've got a couple of really good ideas. And I'm just trying to hammer it out because I'm like, I want Sox on 35th to be involved with what we're doing. Plus, there's there's more of them over there. It's just me and you here. Right, right. Yeah, the more more brains over there to pick. Yeah, they got they got staff. They got they got specialists, they got writers, they got analysts, they got they got so many people over there. I'm like, we we got to involve these guys. So he'll be on on Friday. You, my friend, have been working on alternative programming for Sox in the Basement. Not, not that we're going to get away from covering White Sox stuff, but I mean, how many times can I evaluate who should be the right fielder? And and I, I'm, I'm taking it in sort of a gloom and doom sense of, of like, what happens if, if Major League Baseball, this is it, they, they never come back. We've got to completely remake the podcast and do something radically different. The Bears different. in the basement. We're just moving over to the Bears. We're just <laughs> well, and that, that's where I started. I, I started with, with just sports in the basement, and I was like, okay, we just cover, the you know, cover all the other sports. But no, I, I don't no. know. We're gonna have to get rid of the basement it, thing. The whole done. idea behind the basement thing, and the whole idea behind the basement thing was was well, I was down in a basement, and we started this podcast when they were in the basement in the standings. So we had the team right. was in the basement in the standings. We were you doing it in a basement, a basement in a nine-foot homemade oak bar. Right. And and when you walk down into your basement, don't most of us just have a pile of socks down there? Right. Like, I mean, you know, near the laundry room, aren't there always just weird socks that are laying around the basement? So that visual as well, that's how well, I came up that, with the that name. Was, that was honestly, that was one of the alternative programming. Says I, I just said we could just change socks from SOX to SOCKS. <laughs> And we can either be like footwear guys or we could just, you know, kind of go through the random socks we find in, in the basement and have people on and just say, you know, I found this one. I have never seen this sock before. Like have sock experts on where they can describe yeah. like this is how the sock was made. They don't really make the them Bombas like this. guys, right. you know, we could have Mr. Haynes. Oh, yeah. Well, no, what I'm saying is that like you probably have socks like sock technology is probably advanced over the years. Right. So oh, like if you I'm find sure. if yeah. you find a sock of mine, that's like. 20 years old down here because i mean think about it you probably got some old socks probably got especially like oh yeah a guy like me who doesn't go and dress up very often like has never really had to wear a suit to work and goes out buys a package of like you know socks that i would have if i were going to dress up i probably wear those things once a year like each one of my black pairs of socks once a year max okay so those things have probably been around since i was a teenager Right, right, because you haven't reached the point where you're wearing them during sandal season. So. Right, right. So to me, there's probably the, there's a lot of things you can discover about socks that I find in the basement if this keeps going. That's a bad right. idea, though. We can't do that. Now, I, I did think about, like, let's take this to a racier level. Let's go with sex in the basement. But no. I, I also think that two no. straight 40-year-old guys, probably not not the guys no. that need to be talking about that. No, no, we're not doing no. no. 
What, what is no. wrong with you? No. Well, uh, well, then I thought we could do stocks in the basement. We could become financial advisors. But do you know anything about the market? You're really stuck on the whole idea that it's got to start with an S and it's got to be in the basement. <laughs> like, well, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to avoid having to do a, a total rebrand here. Okay, I'm going to keep it close. Now, now here's here's my favorite one. I wanted to do sucks in the basement, and what? then let's just sit here for thirty minutes and just talk about things that suck. Sucks in the basement. <laughs> yes. Just things that suck. Like thirty yes. minutes of things that suck while we're sitting in a basement. Exactly. That might actually become the best show on on. on I was about to say we should, we should look into that one anyway. Yeah, I mean, like that 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 could trend that one right there. You know, where whereas there's a brand new White Sox podcast that pops up every two weeks. Uh, like this, right, this would be right. unique. This this would be something. This would be something you so couldn't get anywhere. Sucks in the basement. Sucks could be, in the basement. I, I think. I think we have. I think we have real potential there. Think of the downloads we would get just from people that were googling something completely different. That would just right. randomly land on the show. And then, uh, like, I have an episode on one of my other podcast channels, no lie, in which we celebrated, uh, like, an anniversary or birthday of a local business, like, three years ago, right? And I named the show Happy Birthday to You, and it gets downloads still. It's, like, three years old, and it gets, like, 20 <laughs> to 25 downloads a month, just that one episode, because it's people that are searching for the song Happy Birthday to You, and they click on it. And then they find the show. (laughs) Like, maybe that's all we have to do. Whatever we talk about, just name it after famous songs and things that people will click on. We'll go go that route. Okay. Okay. We'll just. just, I I like where this is headed. Things that people would normally look up because there's no baseball talk. So how do we, how do we get people to listen? We disguise it as something else and we just hope they click on it. We'll go that way. I like it. I think I think we're I think we're 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 doing good here. You you like all these ideas? You're ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah no. Yeah, none well, of these ideas none of these ideas were good. You know what would be a good idea? Getting back to baseball. Getting getting back to baseball would be the most important thing. And and to be honest with you, some of the things that I've been discussing with the guys over at Sox on 35th and you've been involved in it as well that we're going to we're going to flesh out and and be able to bring to you on Friday. Uh, some ideas that I have for the next month or so or however long this is going to last. Uh, I, I think that that will be more baseball-based, okay? There will, there, will, there will be fun for baseball fans, even though baseball is denying us fun. But I will tell you this. I totally expect a section of the fan base to just be like, I'm done until baseball's back, or they're just angry. From the fact that my my uncle was like, I'm not playing in the fantasy baseball league anymore, he was so angry, to the fact that I went out to go bowling on Thursday and a guy who I know who listens to the show all the time just followed me around the bowling alley in between his own roles, yelling about it. He was so angry and he just needed to unload. And he's like, there's Chris. He does socks in the basement. And I'm going to yell about this with him. And he was just so angry. And I get it, right? Like, I completely understand it. I understand the anger and just just wanting to be done with this whole thing, right? And like, well, forget baseball. I'll just do something else. So the idea is that we still want to sit down here and hang out with you folks. So we're going to have some some stuff to do. All right. We're going to have some stuff to do. We're going to have some contests. We're going to have some fun. Uh, we're, we're going to get a little goofy. Uh, but we're going to we're going to still I'm going to try to keep it centered in some way around baseball or old socks that I find down here in my basement. Sound good, Ed? Yeah, because the other idea I had, I only had a two episodes for, and it was pox in the basement. I could only come up with small and chicken, and then then we'd be screwed. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. 
Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.